to the AFR Ratings Podcast, Round 17 Wrap. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. I would like to welcome in co-host Aaron Bryan. G'day, Aaron. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Port Adelaide and Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. Now, we had a contest at halftime and Gold Coast were right in that game, but that third quarter, Port Adelaide put on an avalanche and put the game beyond doubt. Yeah, it was a funny old one. Uh, obviously, a lot of pressure on the Gold Coast Suns heading into this game and whether or not they could respond after the thrashing at the hands of Collingwood and, and Porter, you know, obviously rocking and rolling and, and now have 13 wins in a row, but looked a little bit lifeless against Essendon. So there was a fair bit at play, and, and Gold Coast certainly were up for the fight in that first half. They were really impressive with their ball movement through the middle. Uh, even though it still wasn't really clicking up forward, they were managing to find some answers uh, I think in the end, Ben King only had a touch before he was subbed, and, and it was part of their unraveling. But yeah, that, they they were certainly up for it in the early stages, and I think a large part of that was Jared Witz's dominance. Port Adelaide, obviously, without Scott Lysett, had to play Sam Hayes, who's a bit more of that old school Will Minson tap ruck type. He just wasn't mobile around the ground, and, and Jared Witz certainly took advantage of that. Um, and then after half time, they they moved Dixon into the ruck a little bit more. Port Adelaide, had obviously got a fire lit under them by Ken Hinckley and their midfield started to stand up a little bit better as well and that, that polishing class just started to shine through and uh, they dismantled them. It was quite embarrassing really and for all the good work that they had in the opening half, it was just completely undone and, and once again there's going to be a lot of talk about the future of Stuart Jew across this week now that, I mean, the Suns are mathematically still in the hunt but I think their season's done now with the games that are coming over the next few weeks so yeah, it was a pretty disappointing weekend for the Suns. Uh, Connor Rosie was actually quite classy in slippery conditions. Yeah, again, we, we've talked over the last couple of weeks about, you know, Butters goes on this absolute tear to the point where he's in Brownlow contention and, and Connor Rosie the past couple of weeks now has stood up in his own right so that they can kind of both take chances uh, across multiple games. I mean, Butters got a fair bit of attention in the opening couple of quarters uh, and Connor Rosie still managed to lift his game anyway to kind of balance that back out so yeah he's a star it's going to be funny to see how the best and fairest plays out at Port Adelaide because it, it could be either of them and and it's quite sneakily you know Ollie Wines was there as well he he admitted in the post game that he was a little bit underdone, underdone heading into the year because of off-season injuries and it feels like he started to build and is now getting to a point where maybe he's heading back to his best so they're just so much depth in that Port Adelaide midfield and, and kind of rosy at the moment is the face of it. It was a solid return uh, for Tuke Miller coming back from a knee injury. He started forward and then moved into the midfield. Yeah, I really liked what I saw. Um, I understand, obviously, um, you know, 20 touches and a goal doesn't sound great, especially when he started up forward. But this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, you know. He didn't look impeded one bit. And once he got back into that midfield, he found plenty of the footy. His tackle numbers as well, like he, he started when he was forward. He wasn't really tackling. He finished with three. So there's a... A glimpse there of when we get back to the proper Tuke Miller that he will end up being, um, you know, a star. And the best part about it is he's he's going to lose a little bit of money as we kind of, from a fantasy perspective, heading uh, into the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, the, the role was there once they got going. So, um, yeah, I didn't see anything that concerned me with Tuke Miller. Okay, let's move on to Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide fantasy rep. So, Noah Anderson uh, was solid in that midfield for Gold Coast, 104 points. Yeah, it didn't seem to trouble him. I honestly thought with Tuke Miller returning that that might be a problem, um, but it hasn't seemed to phase him, which is good to see. I mean, obviously, um, Tuke, as you mentioned, only played a couple of quarters in the middle, so we'll see how next week goes. But a run of five consecutive 100s, um, so for those who, who held him or at least brought him in while 
Miller was injured, that there's no rush to panic trade him back out. He, he's still kind of holding his own. Uh, we'll wait and see how next week plays out when it's you know back to normalcy again. But uh, I think the the part that excited me the most, um, and this kind of covers Tuke Miller as well to an extent, um, was when Port Adelaide needed to find an answer. They tagged Matt Rao. So Anderson and Miller were, were still able to run freely, and Rao was the one who was held to a couple of touches in the second half, which is a good sign for those who have nowhere answer. Yeah, Willem Drew going to uh, Matt Rao, and that's like the inside contested ball for Gold Coast. So yeah, it'd be interesting when Tuchmiller goes in there full-time, who gets the attention there. Bowen one that has no answer. But uh, yeah, just happy to just wait and see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. So the next player here uh, wasn't actually a strong uh, fantasy scoring game uh, for the top-end players. Uh, 103 points from Conor Rosie. Yeah, I think it's six consecutive tons for him now, and a couple of goals kind of got him there. As you mentioned, it was a little bit of a low-scoring game in the end, um, which tends to be a habit sometimes with the Port Adelaide Footy Club. But, yeah, between he and Butters, like, you kind of covered. Uh, together, they're, they're going to get 180 to 200, and some weeks it's, you know, one or the other that's ended up ton, tonning. And, I mean, as we mentioned before, Butters copped a fair bit of attention in the first quarter, and that kind of limited him from getting to the ton. But, um, yeah, kind of rosy, didn't seem to struggle at all with that, so... Um, yeah, another very impressive performance. I, I'd easily have both of them in your six forwards for the run home. Um, yeah, they're, they're just very reliable, good scorers. We've touched on Tuke Miller already, but 97 points on return is quite solid. Yeah, I think this is actually the perfect result. Um, considering he had a high break even of 148, we, we saw enough to know that, hey, he nearly hit a ton with basically a half a footy. Uh, when he gets back to full time, he's going to be, you know, back to his best, but he's going to be super cheap because he's going to lose a ton of money over the next few weeks. So, um, it's to the point where maybe your M7, once you kind of sort out what you're doing with your, your Sheldricks or your Johnsons or maybe your team's already complete, the, the final player kind of of your midfield can maybe be a sideways trade. Like I've got a Luke Parker right now sitting at M7 who's been very serviceable, but, um, I'll hold him one more week and probably just sideways trade. Tuke Miller's kind of going to be very affordable in the low 800s and um, well underpriced for a guy that can go 110. Well underpriced, and he will be a popular trade in a couple of weeks there as well. So let's move on to the next one here. Uh, slow night, sort of, for Zach Butters, 86 points. Yeah, as I touched on before, I think sometimes it's one or the other out of him and kind of rosy, but again, he, his first quarter was really poor, and then he, he backs it up by finishing with 86. So um, he gets around the ground, finds plenty of footy, better in terms of his marking as, as well. He found a, a lot of uncontested ball in that final term um, when, you know, the Suns had kind of rolled over a little bit. So, um, yeah, not not a, a massive score, which is disappointing, but um, he, he's still serviceable. So uh, the, the, I think the part we look at now over the past couple of weeks um, is, is probably because he's bouncing a little bit between those high and, and you know, uh, lower echelon kind of elite scores. Um, he's probably not the VC option that we were kind of running with for that month when he started to really fire. He's probably just back to a normal premium now. On to round 17 fantasy reps, so 126 from Errol Gordon, and he was solid uh, at the MCG against the Tigers. First week owning him, Pete. I was uh, oh, nice. very happy. It was nice to be on the other side of things for a change, considering he's belted me a few times. Um, I swapped Dunkley to him and, yeah, worked wonders. Um yeah, again, we've touched on it a few times, but um, the Swans have all their players available now. I mean, Chad Warner's been out, actually, but, um, you know, Mills coming back in, Parker's playing there. It hasn't really hurt him, considering he's he's still playing an outside game. He's yeah. not really in the midfield, and it, it doesn't matter. He, he's just such a high-intensity runner that he ends up everywhere, to the point where he's actually, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if he kept his DPP next year because he's bobbing up in the forward line so much as well. So, um, yeah, ridiculous scoring. Really handy to have um, if you did swat sideways him with Dunkley, who, you know, the rumblings are he may miss another week um, considering the way that the lines are going. So, um, he's that, that that actually makes you money. Gordon's still improving as well. So, you know, you can make a bit of cash before you decide what you want to do if you want to go back to him. Uh, I'll wrap up these two players in one hit here. So um, pretty soft matchup for Brisbane against West Coast. So Lockie Neal, 127 points, and Hugh McCluggage, uh, 118 points. Quite solid. Yeah, it was a little bit of a worry early because everyone kind of expected Neal to go huge, and he, he had a bit of a quiet start, and you thought, oh, no, he's not going to take full advantage of the opponent. But he got there in the end. And, yeah, yeah what, what a great run he's had since their bye. Like, he's been the, the right person to pick up. He's had four out of five hundreds, and the only lowest goal was 94. Like, he's been a ripping player. And another one that, depending on how your, your roster's shaped up, could be a sideways swap to Tuke Miller once things start to die down a little bit. He's still making a, a little bit more money, but in terms of matchups, if you're looking long term, Melbourne this coming weekend and the, the four finals games, so Fremantle, Adelaide, and then Collingwood St. Kilda as his last two. Um, you know, he's probably one that if you have that luxury, you can sideways later on because he's pushing towards 900 now. So you can get a pretty good player for him. He's done his job. Um, so yeah, congrats to those who captained him. And McCluggage has had a little late season resurgence as well. I mean, yeah. it, yes, the quality of the opponent. Um, was pretty easy, but he's had a pretty good run the last couple of weeks, 116-118. Um, so uh, maybe in another good week if Dunkley misses out. Um, he's heavily underpriced, obviously. I, I wouldn't really suggest getting him in now at this point of the season in Classic, but from a draft point of view, um, you know, maybe, uh, I doubt anyone dropped him, but, um, yeah, if you're in a smaller league, maybe, um, now's the time to get on. Next one here is Stephen Canelio, 136 points rate return for him against Hawthorne. Yeah, well, very, very impressive. Considering how dominant he was in that first term, it could have been absolutely anything. And yeah. um, the, the three goals that went to his name as well certainly helped to that total. But, um, yeah, very serviceable season from Stephen Canelio. He's probably going to lose that forward status by the end of the year. But, um, yeah, impressive performance from him. Um, uh, I actually managed to bring him in this week as well for Darcy Cameron, so I <laughs> had a nice uh, little double whammy. Yeah, but nice. um, yeah, it's it's hard now in the forward line. Uh, you talk about how many you know potential top tier talents are in there. You, you, you've got you know alongside Connor uh, Rosie and Zach Butters, Tim Taranto, Josh Dunkley, Errol Goulden, Jack McRae, Stephen Canelio. There's a lot of options now, but um, Cogs feels like one of those more reliable ones that that generally is one of the the best players for the Giants at week in week out. The next one here is probably one of the better tags that you've seen on the last decade, I reckon. It was Finn McGuinness on Josh Kelly, and Josh Kelly just 30 points. Again, it was one of the better tags you'll ever see. Absolutely brutal for those who owned him, and it hasn't been a, a really a great run uh, for the past couple of weeks for Josh Kelly. So, um, yeah, that, that's heartbreaking. Uh, he's going to plummet in price, which is actually quite exciting because he'll probably end up around the, the mid to low 800s over the next couple of weeks. But... Yeah, ripper job from Finn McGuinness. Like he only had like three touches heading into the final stages of the the game, so which is just unheard of. He's you know Josh Kelly is such an elite midfielder to absolutely disappear like that. Um, considering he's playing the Hawks, and some people may have even captained him because of that. Um, that's that's a season-ending <laughs> issue when when a player like that drops thirty. It's um, the, a cruel game fantasy sometimes. Ronald Marshall, one hundred and forty-eight points against the Grundy and Gorn combination. 
didn't see this coming at all, which is great considering the storyline of the week was that Todd Campbell may actually be coming in and Ross Lyon floated mm. the idea, didn't get selected. Ryan Marshall didn't seem phased at all. So 130, 148 in his last two. He's always this sneaky VC option as well, depending on when the Saints play. And, um, you know, he's got Jared Witts against the Gold Coast Suns next, but um, a, a pretty tasty run home. I mean, Carlton, if you go talking about finals in the last four games, Carlton, Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane, like that's he's going to have at least three tons in there. So um, considering the state of the rocks right now, you know, Nan Curvis is about to be suspended long-term. Um, no one else has really fired a shot. Sean Darcy coming back has looked pretty good, but at times can drop 80s. Wits is, hasn't been great. Uh, and then, yeah, Riley O'Brien as well. Every now and again goes big, but not consistent enough. So it's it's really just English and Marshall is, is the top two. And, and maybe a Tristan Sherry, who's just popped his head up late if you're trying to find some money. But, mm. yeah, Rowan Marshall's the man. Next one here, uh, Jack Steele, and even Ross Lyon said it in his presser, he started to get back to his best, and then he pops in for 146 points. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, during the week, Jack Steele actually mentioned that, um, you know, he's obviously been battling multiple injuries and, and a lot of niggles, but this kind of leading in was the first week he felt fresh. And <laughs> and he, he showed that with this massive score against the gate, another top-tier side. So is he back? You know, the, fingers crossed he is because he's severely underpriced if he is back to his best. Um, the, the hard part is taking that gamble right now. Is this the time to jump on? Like, he's, he's making money from here on out, so he's bottomed out around, you know, just under 800K. Do you get him in with the risk that maybe he drops another 80 um, I'm not sure, but you know, the, at his best, Jack Steele is a, a top eight midfielder. So getting him at that price is is a massive win, and again, a good fixture to come. And the other good news, just alongside that, is it his success didn't hurt Brad Crouch either, which was another concern. So um, originally, my plan was to sideways Crouch to Steele once he'd got back to his best, but maybe they can play together. Next one here, Mitch Duncan, 128 points, uh, moving up in. Down between D50 and F50, and he just racked up the points quite easily. Yeah, great little underpriced option as well down back if you're still struggling uh, struggling to fill your D6 out. Um, uh, although sometimes he's a little bit unpredictable with his injuries. But, yeah, Mitch Duncan, when he likes to go big, he, he certainly finds plenty of the footy. So um, overperforming, I guess, where he's at at the moment in terms of value. But uh, it's another risky pick if you're trying to find a little pod in the run home. Next one here, Luke Davies, Yunaki. So George Wardlaw out of that midfield for the Kangaroos today. And um, 122 points from LDU. Yeah, I really liked, liked what we saw. But again, yeah, it's, it's how much has that impacted. I mean, we've, I got to see LDU in, in person against the Crows last week and, and barely saw him most of the afternoon. He, he just wasn't that impactful. So, mm. you know, we, we had this glimpse at the start of the year that maybe this was his breakout campaign. Uh, didn't really get there. Had multiple injuries through the middle of the year. Um, is he back to his best now? I mean, Hawthorne next, well, this coming weekend, West Coast in a couple of weeks' time, and even the Saints, who like to leak scores to mids, um, his next three is pretty serviceable. He's, he's going to make money being, you know, mid 700s. So um, he's actually one that I'm looking at to move Sheldrick to this week because he's right in that perfect price range of a, a 200k upgrade. So um, I think I might take the gamble on him this week, to be honest, Pete. On to the next one here, 150 points from Zach Merritt. Now, he was pretty awesome against the Crows. Oh, very, yeah. Uh, throughout the whole afternoon to the point where even when he, he had a little bit of attention, he still managed to, to shake it off with ease. And uh, Arguably the, the best premium midfielder right now. I mean, Bonson Pelly's been very reliable. 
Um, Clayton Oliver obviously has been out and will be out for a while. So I, I think he's the best available mid in the comp, Zach Merritt, um, and continues to, to find a way to average close to 120 every single year. He, he just gets it done. Um, considering the Bombers are, you know, their midfield's quite stacked as well. Darcy Parrish is back in there. Um, yeah, he's just rolling at the moment. So, um, good, uh, congratulations to those who captured him against the Crows as well. Um, pretty good couple of weeks to come for Zach Merritt, I think, with the fixtures. Next one here, Jordan Dawson, 128 points. So he spent a fair bit of time behind the ball. So just like, if you can bring up the listeners, uh, just a bit of a, just a bit of a takeout from what you had with Matthew Nix on ABC on Saturday and just like his rotation through that midfield and obviously managing players throughout the season. So this is really targeted for, for Maitland. Uh, so we've seen it with Keys in and out of that midfield and other younger players in and out, in and out of that midfield. And like he did mention Laird as well and like he's trying to get up week to week. And then all of a sudden he mentions Dawson in that sort of conversation clip yesterday again on ABC radio, uh, grandstand. So, yeah, it's just, if you can bring the listeners up to date, what is happening with that uh, Jordan Dawson move and the Adelaide midfield? Yeah, always great to have Nixie on the show. Um, and, yeah, my main agenda was to try and find out what was going on with Ben Keyes and almost discovered and unearthed a little bit more than I intended to in, in his answer, which was basically, yeah, he at this stage of their development, the guys like Rochelle, Saligo, Schoenberg, um, they're just not ready for full midfield minutes throughout the year. And, and by the looks of things, as we've seen over the past couple of weeks, it, it feels like Rochelle is starting to get back in there again after a little bit of time on the out because he's probably just a little bit you know, burnt out in a way because he, he'd spent a fair bit of footy in there and, and started to disappear. But, um, yeah, all of a sudden Rochelle's back in there, Keys is on the outer. He managed to get a decent um, score by the end of the game, but it wasn't looking great throughout the contest. And Jordan Dawson has found his way into that rotation as well. So still high centre bounces, but um, he, he, again, as they continue to shuffle with the amount of young depth they've got, he, he misses out on a couple that you know normally he wouldn't. And whether or not that's part of a rest towards the end of the year is probably the case, as Nixie kind of alluded to, that everyone's getting a turn uh, just to make sure that no one gets too burnt out. So... Um, it didn't seem to hurt his scoring too much. As you've said, when he plays across halfback, he finds plenty of marks anyway. Uh, and if anything, uh, we talked about a little earlier about, you know, Zach Butters being the flavour of the month for vice-captain captaincy. I think Jordan Dawson is that guy right now. He, he's been very, very reliable, um, purely whether he's in the middle or around the grounds because of his marking. So Rory Laird can get more touches than him, but Jordan Dawson's the plus-six magnet. So, um, yeah, I don't think the role today hurt him too much. But just be wary that the Crows players are are going to be a little bit hit and miss purely because of the rotation issue with Matthew Nix. Last one here's Luke Ryan. So 142 points from Ryan, uh, and just racked up the points in defence for the Dockers. Yeah, a lot of marks in the end, especially in that final quarter when the game yeah. was kind of put to bed. Um, brought him in for Hayden Young a couple of weeks ago, which I think has made me a grand total of like 20, 30 points. But actually, you know, his ceiling is just so massive, Luke yeah. Ryan, which is kind of why I went for him. Like. When we're, we're looking at the back six, especially with James Sicily like constantly being out of action, and you're trying to pick the best six to, to, guys to kind of have, you go Dawson, Dacos, Doherty, Sinclair. And then that last couple is kind of a rotation between, you know, your Sicilies, your Caleb Daniels, Liam Duggan, shown well. But Luke Ryan's the kind of guy that the reason I jumped on him is because of that ceiling. Like, there's, mm. at his worst, he's an 80s player. At his best, he's a 140, 150 guy. Like, he has these massive scores that can win you games. So. Yeah. Uh, he's still pretty much undervalued because because of where he's at. He's averaging over 100 points, but he's you know still in the 800,000 mark. So um, yeah, he's hit and miss a little bit, but when he fires, yeah, he, he gets you over the line. 
Okay, Aaron, can you let the listeners know where to find you this week? Uh, they can find me uh, at Aaron Bryans on Twitter. I'm calling uh, the Crows and the Giants game on Saturday night, which is kind of the last of our um, brutal run. We kind of we had North, we've had Gold Coast, we get the Giants this coming weekend. And then after that, we start to get some some pretty big games in SA. You've got Collingwood in town at the showdown. So um, it's a pretty big game for the Crows, to be honest. You know, obviously not really showing up against Essendon today. Uh, whether or not they can defeat a team that ran them down in the opening round of the season, we'll wait and see. But, um, you know, they're supposed to be playing finals footy, the Crows, and they're going to have to win games like this if uh, they want to be there. You can find me on Twitter at AFR Ratings, Pete on Twitter, and you can find me at AFR Ratings, AFR Ratings associated Twitter accounts there as well, afrratings.com.au for a stack of fantasy information to help you out with your decision-making process. Well, Aaron, all the best in your preparation uh, this week. Also, as the listeners, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Pete.